You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome into this crossover Thursday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been there and been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time that you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, an official partner of the NFL. On today's episode, we're joined by Matt Derry at Derry Speaks on Twitter, host of the Locked on Lions podcast. We'll be breaking down every bit that you need to know about the upcoming Saints and Lions action from both teams' perspective. Two teams with two Texas quarterbacks looking to get their teams back to 500. How can they each pull it off? Which name should you be on the lookout for and why I believe the Saints get the win here? But first, we have updates on the injury report as well as the best highlights from Wednesday's media availability. Michael Thomas returns to practice and Alvin Kamara doesn't give a damn what the haters think. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and the Tuesday co-host of Locked On NFL. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. The New Orleans Saints get several key players back at practice and only one surprise DNP missing for the day. And we also have some great media availability with some strong words from Alvin Kamara for those who question the Saints offense and Saints quarterback Drew Brees. That's our New Orleans Saints update today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. So the Saints released their Wednesday injury report to get us started with the week here as we get closer and closer to the week four matchup as the Saints will travel to Detroit to take on the one and two Detroit Lions. On the report, there are three did not practices. Two of them should not be much of a surprise, one of which sort of popped up, but doesn't seem to be too serious just yet. Andrus Pete and Jared Cook, both who suffered injuries in the week three matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Andrus Pete had his ankle rolled up on, and then Jared Cook left after just 21 offensive snaps with a groin injury. Both of them listed as DNP or did not practice. And we also saw a did not practice day for Janoris Jenkins as well, the Saints number two cornerback who's had a very solid season so far outside of penalties, but he only missed with an illness that, of course, is not COVID-related. Otherwise, he would have been moved to the injured reserve or COVID-injured reserve list. So not too much to be concerned about here as long as he is well here moving forward. But those are the only three did-not-participate designations that the Saints handed out on Wednesday. They had five other players that were present in limited participation. Marcus Davenport continues to practice. That's good news for the Saints. Uh, Sean Payton did mention just a few days ago that they do hope to have him available in Detroit. David Onyemata returns with limited capacity here. He missed the week three game against the Packers, but he's back after missing the game with his calf injury. Chase Hansen comes back from his hip injury. He was also limited. Perhaps one of the more concerning names added to this list this week so far would be Marshawn Lattimore, who was limited with a hamstring injury. It seems like he'll be okay. Him being limited this early as opposed to missing practice is obviously a good sign, but there's just something about seeing both the Saints' top corners 
listed on the injury report, even though one is with an illness and one is with a hamstring injury that's limited this early. It should be all good news, but certainly something that felt a little concerning to see those two names up there. So that's definitely one that we'll continue to watch closely here throughout the week. But perhaps the best piece of news that the Saints have gotten maybe since week one in terms of the win uh, against Tampa Bay is the return of wide receiver Michael Thomas. He returned to practice after his ankle injury, limited participation to start off the week. The Saints are hoping that he'll be available and ready to go on Sunday for their week four matchup with the Lions. Here's what Drew Brees had to say about just having Michael Thomas back at practice and how much of a difference it makes. He also gives a little bit of a glimpse into how he looked in practice as well. But man, such a tough guy um, and a great competitor. So uh, great to get him back. Um, He looked really good. And, you know, so we'll see what that role is and uh, go from there. Now, quarterback Drew Brees wasn't the only Saints player to have some thoughts on Michael Thomas's return to practice. Star running back Alvin Kamara, who's carried the load in his absence, also had this to say. Oh, good. You know, I know he he's been itching to play. Like, I mean, if it was up to him, he would try, he would have tried to play the last two weeks. So, you know, but obviously, when you're dealing with injury, you gotta do what you gotta do to get um, healthy, so you don't put yourself and set yourself back. Um, you know, he he looked good out there. So, I mean, hopefully, he he he's ready, or hopefully, he feels ready enough to play. And Alvin Kamara was far from done with that being his media availability. This was probably my favorite moment so far this week in terms of the Saints' time with New Orleans media, where he was asked a little bit about the uh, influence from the outside in terms of a lot of national media talking about Drew Brees and sharing their opinions on the New Orleans Saints. And Alvin Kamara had some strong words for those who challenged the Saints' effectiveness and ability after just three games of the season. I'm fine with Drew. Um, You know, it's early in the season. Everybody outside of this building has something to say, and quite honestly, I don't really give a damn. Uh, Drew's proven to be one of the best, if not the best quarterback year in and year out, and, you know, I'm expecting the same thing this year, no matter what, what's going on. Um, you know, when, you, when you're losing, it's, it's easy to, to point and, and point fingers and say this and say that, but, you know, we'll get back on track and everybody shut up. So certainly a sense of urgency for the New Orleans Saints and everyone within their facility to try to get back on track as quickly as possible, catch their rhythm, find their flow, and get started. And certainly having Michael Thomas back would be a big part of that. But Alvin Kamara just very clearly not entertaining any doubts around his team, which is exactly what you want to see, right? Call him harsh, tell him that he was being, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's exactly the type of response that you want to see from a your teammate, from a player, from a player within your favorite team that he clearly believes in what the Saints have, and there's not really much of uh, panic or doubt going on within the facility. And I think that that is clear to see and a good positive sign in terms of how quickly this team hopes to be able to turn it around. And of course, they look to turn it around on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. And that's what we've got coming up for you next. It's Crossover Thursday. Matt Derry of Locked on Lions comes through so that we can preview the Saints and Lions matchup. And at the end, I'm going to tell you exactly why it is that I have the confidence as well that the Saints are going to be able to start to turn it around here in week four. We got that coming up for you next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Before we get to that, if you want to maybe go back and watch Alvin Kamara's big 52-yard catch and run, there's a fantastic way to do it this season. Get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and the breakout games and breakout stars for every single game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the one place that you can replay every game all season long 
You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides you with access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. From that to another site that never stops, it's rockauto.com because their list of available parts for available vehicles for available models and makes never stops. rockauto.com. They've got everything that you could ever need and more for your vehicle. Go ahead and check them out. They're a family business. They've been helping auto parts customers for over 20 years. And now you can be next from the comfort of your own home. Just head over to rockauto.com. Pick the make and model of your vehicle. Pick the part that you need and see the expansive list of options that you're going to be able to get at a fraction of the price you're going to get from one of the brick and mortar stores. Again, that's rockauto.com. And don't forget to let them know that we sent you by writing locked on in the how to hear about a section, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody. It is Thursday after all, which at the Locked On NFL channel here at Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day means only one thing. It means that it is Thursday crossover time. The New Orleans Saints traveling to take on the Detroit Lions here in week four. I've got myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, and my good friend, Matt Derry at Derry Speaks on Twitter. That's D-E-R-Y. Matt, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. Looking forward to this game this weekend. You as well, my friend. It uh, should be interesting. Two one and two teams, not really knowing where they are right now. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of intrigue to this one. Yeah, and there's always a lot of fireworks between these two teams. Obviously, we both remember the last time these two teams met. That score ran up quickly in the Superdome. And uh, we finally get one in Detroit this time. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of uh, classic moments there at the Superdome. Uh, a Lions loss in the playoffs. Uh, Matthew Stafford beating the Saints. Late season a couple of years ago, and he did the Ray Lewis dance. Uh, yep. afterwards. <laughs> so there's always there's always something brewing between these two teams. And just like last week, where I thought it'd be a high scoring game for the for the Lions in Arizona, I, I feel the same way about this one. I, I know that we got plenty of time to talk about it, but I see I see two defenses that are going to have some issues uh, mm-hmm. doing some tackling this Sunday. Yeah, and that's kind of where I want to start because the Saints defense has been quite a concern, obviously, so far here this season. And one of the things that they've struggled against, one of the elements that they've struggled against in particular has been defending the tight end. Of course, the Detroit Lions having TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James out there. First of all, how are those two tight ends doing so far this season? And do you expect them to be a big part of the game plan here Sunday against the Saints? I do. Um, You know, they they signed Jesse James before they drafted TJ Hawkinson. Mm Mm-hmm thinking that he would be a, a nice target for Matthew Stafford. And to be quite honest, going back to last season, he's been a non-factor. All of a sudden, week three last week against Arizona, mm-hmm. he blows up. I mean, he should have had two touchdowns. Stafford missed him on a back back end zone throw where he was uh, cutting across the uh, to the right corner. He was alone. He should have had two touchdowns. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is is certainly a, uh, a, you know, a draft pick that, uh, you know, you'd figure by now would be more in the mix and better, but has had his moments where he catches the football, creates some space, and is a downfield target. Um, you know, with with the way, and I watched a lot of the game, obviously the Saints game this weekend, mm-hmm. it being nationally televised, you know, they had issues with Sternberger and some others. So, yeah, I would expect the tight ends to, to certainly be in the mix and, and for Matthew Stafford to look for both those guys because, you know, Hawkinson's the top 10 pick. James is getting about $5 million a year. Right. You use what you got, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the talent over on the Detroit Lions offense doesn't stop there. We also watch Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints' top cover corner, 158.3 passer rating when targeted so far this season. 
He has had a bit of a reputation for starting off slow. If he remains slow, he could end up running into some issues here in week four with a pair of talented wide receivers. But Kenny Galladay coming off of injury uh, this week here, what's the expectation sort of for him as we start to embark upon the land of practice participation reports and injury reports uh, as we move forward? What is it that Saints fans should be watching for? Well, I I think certainly the strength of this football team on both sides of the ball is is the wide receiver core. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got five guys they are very comfortable with. Kenny Galladay is a stud. He's going to get paid this offseason, likely with the Lions. They they can't let him go. Uh, But he's he's a top 10 wide receiver. Marvin Jones, solid veteran, contract year two, and, and I think is somebody that is always an old reliable, had a couple of really big plays last Sunday in the fourth quarter that enabled the Lions to win. Uh, Quintez Cephas, their fifth-round pick they mm-hmm. love, he's been good. Danny Amendola is always solid as a slot guy. And then Jamal Agnew, a converted cornerback, right. now turned wide receiver that they use a lot in motion and with speed. So that they're really the strength of this team, if you want to talk about the deepest part of the team and, and, and position group and room, is that wide receiver room. So, uh, you know, Galladay and I watched Janoris Jenkins struggle Sunday – you, you got to figure anytime they see Galdan and man coverage against Jenkins, they're going to try to go with go with that. I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, these the the corners for the Saints have performed well. Particularly, Zenora Jenkins has performed well, but the penalties have been an issue for him. Marshawn Lattimore has been struggling quite a bit. So we'll look forward to see if they're going to be able to turn that around. But one of the other spots that was supposed to be a strength for the Saints has been their pass rush. So far, only seven sacks on the season, which is low for last year's numbers. But they're going to be matching up with. Uh, the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford, who's been sacked nine times so far this season and quite considerably, I mean, four times in, on third down, and I believe it's four or five times as well in the fourth quarter. What is it that happens with the sacks? Is this a, a, a sense of uh, Matt Stafford holding the ball too long or is this an offensive line issue? No, I think it's Stafford. And, and look, he's he's tremendous. He's a top 10 quarterback himself, top 12, you could argue. Mm-hmm. Led the team down the field through a beauty of a, of a deep ball to Marvin Hall that sh- that would have been the go the go ahead touchdown right. with about a minute and a half two minutes to go got called back, but he didn't panic. Let him down the field. They got the game winning field goal and they beat Arizona. But Ross is a great great observation by you. He hold, has held the ball too long at some big big spots in games. Uh, end of the first half against Green Bay two weeks ago, and for some odd reason, he takes a sack inside his own five yard line. Packers call timeout, right. and you're punting out of your own end zone. He just gets out of the pocket, which he was for a split second, and throws it away. You're saving yourself 10, 15 yards. Took a bad sack in the fourth quarter the other day against Arizona, too, where he held the ball way too long. So, you know, you look at it, you go, yeah, there's been some some movement around the offensive line due to injury. Joe Dahl, the left guard's out. Uh, Halapulavati Vitae has been out, although he started at guard last week. He was supposed to be the right tackle. So they've moved some guys around. they got some rookies playing like Jonah Jackson, but – you want to talk about strengths of the O-line. Frank Ragnow, the center, has been great. Yeah. Uh, and Taylor Decker, the left tackle, has been good. So I would, if if I'm the Saints, I'm moving Cam Jordan over to that left side and, and having him go after that right side of the Lions offensive line. Yeah, yeah. And that's where he'll he'll play for the most part, especially if Marcus Davenport is healthy and ready to go here this week, which would be something that would certainly be very helpful for the Saints and their pass rushing woes so far. Uh, to go over to... The Detroit defense here with my last question for you, uh, you know, the Saints right now, the passing game is kind of defending itself in a way because of their sort of limitations of where they're they're throwing the ball. But for the Detroit Lions, 172 yards per game allowed so far over the course of these first three games in rushing yards. So you imagine that the Saints are going to be doing everything that they can to get the run game going or at least the backs 
uh, to be producing from out of the backfield. What is it that you expect to see from this Lions defense to try to counteract where they've struggled and try to keep pace with the Saints here? First two weeks, the Lions defense was an abomination. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just horrible. And they can't get to the quarterback. They have three sacks in three weeks. That's not a surprise based on how Patricia plays his defense. Right. And and they just don't have enough off the edge to have anything special. They don't have Cam Jordan on their team. Right. With that being said, this past Sunday, here they are facing Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. And you're thinking first one to 40 wins. And they, they shut them out in the fourth quarter. So, right. you know, it, there was an improvement this weekend. Tracy Walker is now playing more over Will Harris at safety. That needs to continue. Mm-hmm. Jamie Collins has been manning the middle at linebacker. First time that's happened in three weeks. That needs to continue. So Will Harris, Jared Davis are not playing as much. And to be honest with you, they're better without those guys on the field. Um, Deshaun Hand has been underrated on the interior as a D lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned, Jamie Collins is good. And, and I think Jeff Okuda has gotten better with each game. That's a rookie cornerback. You're asking right. to guard some very good football players. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, De- Devontae <laughs> Adams this week, if he's healthy, Michael Thomas. So the defense is better. But now the question's going to be, they they said after week three, after they won, we heard all the naysayers sell bad we are defensively. We're out to prove it. Okay, well, you proved it against the Cardinals. You got three mm-hmm. picks of Murray. Now do it again this week. Let's see if they do it. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned the three picks there too because it proved to be an opportunistic defense taking advantage of opportunities there. And Drew Brees, who you imagine is going to make smarter decisions than maybe Kyler Murray made a few times during that game. But with the way that this offense has been playing so far and some of the issues he's had with ball placement and accuracy, the margin for error sort of slims down a bit after last week's performance by the Detroit secondary in particular. So you look for them to uh, on the Saints side to clean up as much of that as possible and not generate any of those giveaways to shoot themselves in the foot like we saw the Saints do last week. But I know this has felt very one sided me asking Matt a ton of questions about the Lions. (laughs) But don't worry, as we roll back here in just a moment, Matt is going to come to me with all of his Saints questions as well as we continue our crossover Thursday here locked on Saints. Locked on Lions here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back. Matt Derry and Ross Jackson, Locked On Lions, Locked On Saints, the Thursday crossover edition as we get ready for Sunday's game at Ford Field. Both teams coming in at one and two. You know, Ross, everybody talks about Alvin Kamara and, and Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, and some household names. And of course, Sean Payton has been there for many, many years. Let's start on defense. I mean, giving up 35 and a half points a game over the last two with some of the guys you mentioned during the first, you know, first segment. Uh, you know, Cam Jordan's Marshawn Lattimore's of the world. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Why aren't they getting stops? Yeah, it's been a really interesting thing to watch sort of star players not play up to star status. <laughs> and that's been part of what's uh, allowed this Saints defense to struggle as much as it has. I mean, Cam Jordan is coming off of, you know, an offseason surgery. And, you know, a lot of people might argue that, well, if you can't be productive, then you shouldn't be on the field. But There's, you know, the way that players will talk about all the time is that there comes a point in the rehabilitation process where there is nothing else that you can do aside from get out on the field and figure out what it feels like to play again. And I think that's sort of the process that Cam Jordan is in. And that could mean not seeing Cam Jordan be Cam Jordan for maybe a couple more weeks. We'll see how quickly he can uh, be a part of that. Then, of course, if they get Marcus Davenport back over on the opposite side, having two viable pass rushers, I think that that would be a really good benefit for Cam Jordan as well, or at least for the pass rush, because if Cam Jordan gets double teamed, these other players have to win their one-on-ones, and Marcus Davenport has a better rate of doing uh, such a thing, although he would have a big test over there against Decker over on the left side. And as for Marshawn Lattimore, it's just been focused for him a a lot of times. I mean, you saw him really bite down on a play action with a big 48-yard 
uh, bootleg to Alan Lazard and then the touchdown in the end zone last week to Alan Lazard. He was just kind of, I don't want to say he was asleep, but his focus was elsewhere is how I'll say it. As Alan Lazard ran four or five yards past him before he reacted to his crossing route. And as you know, defending a crossing route, if you're late like that, you're done, you're toast. And that ended up being a touchdown. And so we've seen some sort of lapses in focus from uh, Marshawn Lattimore. And we've seen it before is the thing. And we're used to seeing that happen and then him sort of get back on the horse as the season goes along. But you have to wonder how much, you know, a lack of an offseason, lack of a preseason, things like that may factor into how long it takes for him to get back into rhythm. So uh, I think that that has to do with a lot of it. It's really all about execution over on the Saints side. And obviously, that's something you want to get corrected here in week four. All right, Ross, uh, you know, you look at where they are. Just what, what's the what's the sense of, of urgency at one and two? Certainly beating the Bucks in week one, which, you know, there's a chem, there's no there's not a chemistry problem. I wouldn't think the mm-hmm. Saints have all played together. And so you come off of COVID, you don't have a preseason advantage, Sean Payton. But now two weeks later, you know, they, they sit at one and two. How? Is it a bad vibe around the team right now, or what? Do you, what are you sensing? I wouldn't call it a bad vibe, but it's definitely like use the use the the absolute right word. It, it is a sense of urgency. I, I don't think that anyone's in panic mode or anything like that, but it's definitely exactly that. Excuse me for repeating it, but that sense of urgency that says that hey, we need to get this fixed and we need to get this fixed fast because it's only sixteen games. However, it's also always sixteen games in the season, right? So. Here they are about to uh, be done already with the opening quarter of the season, which just, by the way, from our perspective, I can't believe how quickly this all feels like it's moving. Here we are already talking yeah. about a week four matchup. Uh, but, you know, for the Saints, they they need to get this fixed quickly and they need to answer these questions because win all you want in the postseason, I mean, in the in the regular season and, and, you know, find your way to the playoffs. Once you get to the playoffs, there's no second chances. There's no we'll fix this next week. These are things that they have to get fixed now and answer these questions before they end up you know, potentially going for a fourth year, getting bumped out of the playoffs. You don't want to have any question marks going into the postseason here. Ross Jackson with me locked on Saints uh, on the crossover. What's up with Drew Brees? You know, I, I, I've, you know, we, we've seen the plays where Taysom Hill comes in. I know there's been whispers about all, oh, you know, last year Bridgewater was there and all these things. And mm-hmm. of course he's going to keep playing, but boy, oh boy, you know, the deep ball looks like it's out of the arsenal. And, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned before about accuracy. How, how, how poorly is he playing? Yeah, it's it's surprising. It's surprising. I mean, uh, you, we have to remember that we're comparing Drew Brees to Drew Brees. And I think that that is something to, that we always sort of have to keep in in the framework is that we're, we're comparing him to somebody who historically is the most accurate quarterback to play the game. And so I think that that has to be taken into context. But even without that, there's a reason for concern around the Saints not being able to execute things that they're usually the most efficient at. I, I, I couldn't care less about the deep ball, honestly. I haven't cared about the deep ball with Drew Brees for the last five years since he last threw it. Like <laughs> That's not really been a part of his arsenal for some time. But now we're talking about him not being willing to push the ball 10, 15 yards down the field and really looking at, you know, I think it was what, 4.81 air yards per throw so far this season. He's not even getting halfway to a first down on average of his throws. And I think that's the problem is that even despite that, there are still some accuracy issues. There's still high throws. There's still throws outside the frame. There's still throws that are late. There's still bad decision making. All of those things are starting to pop up here. And we certainly saw an improvement from him from week three to week two. And we hope to see one again from week four to week three. But it's just uncomfortable, honestly, to be in this position to where you're talking about Drew Brees that way to where you're saying we're expecting to see an improvement from him because all of these things that he has historically done at, at a, an unmatched rate, he's all of a sudden lacking in. So the Michael, Michael Thomas, do you expect him to play? 
We know how good Alvin is. And give me a name of somebody on offense that, that's been sneaky good that Lions fans, they're going to hear his name all day on Sunday. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So I think that for Michael Thomas, I I sort of expect him to play, not because I, I know anything or, or anything like that. It's just the indicator of the added short-term IR, which is three weeks max. I'm sorry, three weeks minimum to where you, know, you could take a player off of injured reserve. I think that the Saints are actively expecting the possibility of him playing on Sunday. I don't, I don't know how to be more, any more diplomatic than that. Uh, <laughs> but when it comes down to it is that, you know, if they felt like he was going to miss three games, they would have put him on injured reserve. So his timeline was two to four weeks. He's been out for two weeks. This would be the third week. There is a target date here that I think Michael Thomas is trying to, to get back out on the field. So I expect him to do everything he can to get back out on the field, but won't know more until we see practice participation reports and things like that. But it wouldn't be surprising to see, you know, a Wednesday practice of him limited trying to get back out onto the field. Alvin Kamara has been outstanding uh, for sec- only the second receiver in NFL history since 1985, if I remember correctly, to have three receiving touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns for, you know, through the first three games of a season. He's been incredible so far this year. But, you know, we talked about Drew Brees. He's got 245 receiving yards. Alvin Kamara does 244 after catch. So with some very quick math there, he's catching the ball one yard beyond the the line of scrimmage so far this season. So obviously that's something that they want to get corrected and sort of try to find ways to put him in more advantageous situations, as well as take advantage of uh, a favorable matchup in the run game here this week, particularly with this offensive line. But as for a name that I would keep an eye out on, and this really comes down to whether or not Jared Cook is going to be uh, ready to play over on the offensive side. Jared Cook uh, had a groin injury that kept him out after only 21 snaps against the Packers. And during that time, while he was gone, Adam Troutman, the rookie tight end out of Dayton, he was the third round pick. The Saints traded up to grab. They gave up their entire day three to go up and get the guy. Uh, He's somebody that they immediately slipped into Jared Cook's role. So he would be somebody to keep an eye out on at the tight end position. Even if Jared Cook is out, the Saints still have a weapon there. All right. Uh, You know, I I, I think the Lions, I'll pick them to win. I I think they'll do it. I think they're at home. I know there's no crowd. Mm -hmm. Do you sense, Ross, there's no way the Saints lose three in a row or how do you feel about it? Uh, I won't say that there's no way. I mean, you know, they just dropped two for the first two in a row for the first time since 2017. But I do think that they're able to right the ship here. This is the, a, a good matchup for them in terms of the way that this uh, this Detroit defense has looked for the majority of the season. We'll see if they've really been able to correct things with this Arizona offense. But just in terms of the matchup that they have, that's favorable for their running backs in particular. And then we'll see if Michael Thomas is able to get back. I, I do expect this team to get back on the horse here soon and get back on rhythm. And this is a prime game for them to do it. All right, brother. As always, appreciate the time. There he is. Uh, love talking to this guy, Ross Jackson, host of Lockdown Saints, Matt Derry, Lockdown Lions. This has been the Thursday crossover right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, y'all. One more big thank you to Matt Derry at Derry Speaks on Twitter, host of Locked on Lions, for joining us on today's Locked on Saints and Lions crossover episode to help get you ready for Sunday's noon action. Saints actually have a noon game this time around, one of only a few uh, this season as they set to travel to Detroit, to Motown, to take on the Detroit Lions and try to bounce back after a one and two start. Make sure you come back tomorrow because we're going to have the rest of our film study for the Detroit Lions, taking a look at where it is that they produce. We talked about sort of the coverages that they have been good against, but let's talk a little bit more about how they've been able to produce so far over the season. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the importance specifically of Marcus Davenport and the role that he plays if he returns and how he can help turn the tide of this game in particular against Detroit and some of the tendencies that they've shown, particularly 
and pass protection. We'll talk about that tomorrow to help get you ready for Saints and Lions on Sunday. I thank you very much as always for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family is doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.